Welcome back to our locally recorded show in Oakdale, Louisiana. On this week's show, Cleve and I explain what's up with all these wildfires in Louisiana. We will also discuss the first ever weed boxing championship and learn some cool facts about Labor Day along the way. Don't forget to stick around to the end of the show to catch the artist of the week and words of wisdom. Hey yo, what's good, man? It's your host Cleve. Welcome to the Third Coast Podcast with my man Joe. What it do, Gators? What it do, mate? It's your host Cleve. It's your host What's up, Cleve? How you doing this afternoon? Man, I'm doing pretty good, just relaxing. You know, I was enjoying the game that we was watching earlier. You know, I see you repping the LSU squad. LSU? What it do? Yeah, they was playing against Florida State, man. It, that was a heck of a game there. You know, it had some had some uh, killer plays out there on both sides, but, you know, more so rooting for LSU, hoping that they pull it through for the home state at an away game. Uh, we clipped it off at that halftime, but – uh. Overall, I'm I'm well. How about you? Oh, I'm How about you, Gator. Oh, I'm always good. Uh, another beautiful weekend that I actually get to have three days off, and uh, I don't know, just been enjoying time with the kiddos, and it's nice to actually get to catch the first game because a lot of games now come on different major streaming platforms, and like Hulu, Peacock. Uh, YouTube and whatever the case, and I ain't paying a hundred dollars for cable because it's too expensive. To right, me. right, yeah, it's better to pay for the streaming. If anything, like you know, anything between like fifty to like a hundred bucks a month. Like honestly, if you're paying more than like one fifty for internet a month, then you're probably getting ripped off. Yeah, so uh, it's on the antenna right now, and we've been watching it, and it's kind of cool though to go old school and that TV like I was telling you uh, I had that since El Paso it's been oh yeah that's like 2010 2012 yeah, it's era. been like 13 years Jeez, I've had this man. one big flat screen TV <laughs> but we got an old school antenna hooked up to and hanging out the window got the channel 3 going it's on ABC and uh, a lot of mistakes out there but I don't I like watching football but I you know I always rep and support you know the teams that I do like and follow but I'm not as avid as I used to be. You know, if they go out there and they have a poor performance, I don't let it impact me personally during the week. Right. Uh, it used to be like, oh, man, LSU lost. They could have did this better. They could have done that better. And it would kind of sour my mood on the week. Where now when I watch it, I'm like, look at them fucking up again. Right. You know? Yeah, it's like, you know, it went from a sour to, you know, like a bittersweet. Yeah. And you're just able to kind of continue and adjust with – you know, a lot of with the sports, it's like, you know me. It's like I'm not really into sports. Like I love sports. I love the art, the hard work, the dedication, the sponsorship, and all of the accolades that comes with the great sportsmanship of basketball, football, baseball, soccer, et cetera. Yeah. And just um, a lot of the time, like I see people get more than upset where, it, like how you say, you know, you don't let it sour your mood for the week. Like, a lot of people I see, hate to say it, bet on the games. And yeah. because they get more in tune with the surroundings and they forget about, like, all the rules and things and, like, forget about who actually controls the game. Like, yeah. the people upstairs, the people on the field, like, they're all communicating collectively to make sure that people are getting what they're paying for. And... The southern region and the eastern region does pretty fair, but the southern region the most because they're the most strict when it comes. It don't matter who you are. Like, if you got a penalty on the play, they're going to roll that thing back and, yeah. like, call you out on it versus, like, in the eastern and western conference where they, they get paid off, sadly. so. Um, which is, uh, did you see that uh, Deion Sanders, uh, Colorado – won their first game, and they beat TCU. And what's cool about that is Colorado was a one-win school last year, and they beat the team that went to the national championship. So oh, wow, big, I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah, big shout-out. Yeah, big shout-out to that. 
uh, Deion Sanders' son threw for four touchdowns, 500 yards, uh, 38 for 47. Uh, magnificent performance at uh, at quarterback. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's yeah. You always have some calculations that get read throughout the game. You know, it, it's not always um, it's not always about a perfect game because you know people get like real competitive and just like the the effort that goes into those people that are like that are on the field, like yeah. actually in the game. And they're performing these plays, they're performing actions, they're following into the, like by the playbook and things like that. You know, it's just, a, it's an excellent thing because it shows like a form of athleticism that can motivate other people. You know, I was also thinking, you know, it's just like not even in the sense where I'm dreaming to be an athlete, but the physical capabilities of what these athletes are capable of, it kind of, it's exciting to watch. Yeah. You know, it gets you riled up. Like when you see a good player, whenever they break the yardage to get, get a touchdown, you know, just because of a, a well thought out play. And it's not just all physical, it's more mental than anything. Or run right up the middle and get smashed. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, you're trying to Jaylen step. Daniels just yeah, did. you're trying to like step over the thing for a damn Like you Hercules. Yeah, you you like you Hercules, or you walk on the ladder and you just get fucking pummeled in midair, boy. <laughs> Hercules, Hercules, Hercules. <laughs> get knocked off that high horse. But yeah, like um, you were saying, like this episode that we were going to be getting into some wildfires. Like, man, how about the wildfires like around uh, our area? Well, before we get into the information, uh, I got some firsthand. My actually, big shout out to uh, Charles, uh, my dad. He went through uh, a really close experience, and uh, I went out and exerted some of the damage. And you know, I was on call. He was like packing up his vehicle because the wildfire started surrounding his house, and uh, it started because they clear cut a lot of that area out there, and it's been so dry. And uh, I guess someone threw something out or it just kind of sparked from the sun or whatever yeah but it got about 40 yards from his house and they brought out uh wildlife and fisheries brought out a big bulldozer uh bulldozed some fire lanes uh, around his house and stuff and uh they had fire trucks in there and he was packing stuff he said if i need one more vehicle i'm gonna give you a call but luckily that never came to that but Yeah, I seen some of the pictures. Some of them flames by his house was like 20, 30 foot in the sky. Yeah, so, man, there's some dangerous shit going on in the world today. It's not just in our area, but like where it happened more so in closely Hawaii. connected. I saw that. Like I was at my mom's house and I looked down the road and I was like, what the fuck? I was like, man, like when I stepped outside, like you know how, well, not to, not to give so much information, but it's like it looks like a place of work that, you know, I may have been a company of, you know, it's just like real smoky outside. And when I walked out, I looked down the road and all I could see was a big plume, but it, it had an orange glow. Couldn't see any fire, but obviously, you know, you see black smoke. I'm thinking, damn, man, I didn't want to ride down there because like it already had the people from the yeah, fire department. Like right that, that, that was my dad's house. Yeah, right it was down like there. right it was down crazy. the road. It's like, man, it's like, man, that's like five minutes up the road. You know, yeah. it's like I didn't want to ride down there because I didn't want to get in the way of traffic. You know, I was like, man, this is obviously intense. It was something going on where there's been a burn ban issued for like the last three to four months now. You can't even barbecue intent- right now. No, you can't. That's why I didn't even do any. Like, I, I haven't been doing anything outside. Like, I've been cooking inside. I've been tearing it up, though. I made some pastelaya. I made... uh fried chicken wings, jerk, uh, Jamaican jerk chicken wings. And then I got some, uh, Kinder's bourbon peach barbecue wing sauce. Yeah. I deep fried the wings, right. And I tossed it in that sauce. And, uh, have you ever had candy bacon before? Uh, it's a, it's like a, a sweet bacon and crispy like syrup or yeah. something like it's caramelized yeah. in it. Okay. I may so, have, I so, may have. This sauce, when it caramelized on top of the the deep fried wings, dude, it's like eating a like a treat, but it's a deep fried wing. It was spectacular. Okay, so it's like a brunch item. Yeah, 
Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Oh, you can't burnt. eat a lot of them because it. I mean, especially me, I don't eat a lot of sweet shit no more. Yeah, it's brunch item. Yeah, you get like two to four per order, like two for kids, four for an adult. It's, uh, <clears throat> it would be paired with like a really good sweet beer, like a, a what do you call it? those strawberry beers that Beta makes? That would be really good. Oh, uh, like the uh, it's a type of ale basically. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like your ales, your pale lockers. But that's what's up, though. Yeah, shitload of cooking. But uh, you want to dive into this first topic, Cleve? Or you? you oh yeah, I'm down. To... You want me to uh, start it off? Yeah, go ahead. About the first weed boxing championship was held in Thailand last weekend. One of the weirdest fighting events ever took place in Samui International Muay Thai, Thai Stadium of Koh Samui in Thailand. Marketed as the first ever official classic boxing tournament among smokers and professional fighters, the pugilists competing on the card had to smoke a bong or joint before boxing in three three-minute rounds. According to MMA Mania, legend former heavyweight boxing world champion Mike Tyson was promoting the unusual fighting event. The green belt will be on the line. Marijuana was decriminalized in Thailand in June 2022. The green belt. Could you imagine, though, Cleve, like, before you got to fight somebody? Because you know that, like, I get that anticipation. Uh, oh, big shout-out to David Bosnick. Uh, love you, bro. Thank you for uh, oh, yeah, all you've done for the show, you, man. Brother, man. Good shit. Yeah, Good I can't wait to your next fight. Doing. Yeah, I'm definitely be on the lookout, and I'll be oh, getting yeah. a report from – Mr. Gator himself. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. Do I love I, I love me some fucking David Bosnick. That's my dude. Uh but anyway But the green belt. The green belt. Imagine you gotta get you gotta get loaded. Like you gotta Yeah, you gotta hit a bong or like some fucking like yeah, you gotta basically get a little go, bit loaded before fight. Which I, I feel like not only will that relax the fighter because things tend to slow down, it's like you'll see more opportunities and I feel like it'll elevate the boxing experience in a whole in general, like yeah. if, you know, more athletes were to partake in it because it's already been proven, like if I can add to it, like to my knowledge, it's already been proven that even as a smoker, if you work out three hours per day, smoking or not, like a person who doesn't work out and doesn't smoke will have a least likely chance of surviving versus a person who works out and who smokes, even though they smoke because working out inquires like three hours of your day. And it yeah. adds to the sleeping benefits as well. You know, it adds to like the tenure. And then if you add more hours to it, that's just the average hour. You know, you have people who try to push the ability to do two times, if not three times the efforts to exceed the three-hour limit that it takes for a workout. Some people work out six hours. Yeah. Some people do nine. Like, there's this one guy, I think his name is, like, David Goggins. Like, he does, like, 16 hours of just working out, and then most of it is just, like, stretches. He sleeps, like, two hours a day, but when he wakes up, he stretches, and he does, like, a 16-mile job. He sleeps job. two hours a day? He sleeps two hours a day, and he does, Sounds like, like, he was in the army. Job. <laughs> yeah, he was. Like, he was in the military, <laughs> but he also, like, went through, like, some, yeah, traumatic experiences that pushed his abilities as a man to grow. And, you know, he's a motivational speaker. Yeah, he's a motivational speaker, even though his, uh, That's tough. his rhetoric and decor of language is a bit rough. You know, like he says, fuck a lot. You know, it kind of reminds us of one of our beloved co-hosts. Shout out, Koba. Kohoba. Uh, Kohoba. Uh, no, uh, no keys, Jacoby. Uh, yeah. uh, big shout out to uh, him and Miss Allison, uh, mainly her, for doing all the work. Uh, Correct. And bringing uh, the little one into the world. And, yeah, it's great. It's always cool when I see, you know, my bros. Yeah, doing big things, you know, can't pull out and shit. Yeah, to put <laughs> but, it on the air, he a little bit late in the game, but you know, he ain't he no longer wet behind the ears. So you know, come by if you yeah, if but you hear you, this episode. <laughs> but when you see your buddy, you know, with his own child, and he's over there feeding it, you can see the look, 
you know, and now I got to look at my son who's damn near my height. You know, he's 14 years old, about to be 14 in October. But it, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's always so weird, but it's so great. You know, it's new life, it's new opportunity, it's new possibility. And it's good to see that from such a sporadic identity and stuff to see fatherhood, you know, and see that I know that he's going to be a good father. And I'm right. proud, you know, just like Brando, I'm like super proud, uh, super proud of Alex having, you know, they're bringing life into the world and super proud of all my buddies because they're all good dads and they try their best, you know, and that's all you can ask for. And we come, you know, it's cool, you know, and yeah. I'm, I'm very proud to be a part of a, a friendship circle that's so strong and like dudes that want to be good fathers, you know, and that's, right. that's rare for other people. But in, in our little slice of heaven friendship group we got a lot of good good yeah people. it's a good it's a lot of good potential out there and those that want to support there's nothing but opportunity because as long as the person has a, like a will and ability to like keep going keep pushing through it keep enduring even if things seem unsure you know it's like you chose this for this child you know in the beginning of it all yeah like before it was before it even happened you know accident or not but I just feel that, um, you know, I, I do give shout-outs because there's a happiness and a bond that goes with the fathers that connect with the, you know, their sons, their daughters, as well as the mothers, you know, not to disinclude them because they they are respectively the carrier, you know, again, shout-out Allie, doing all their hard work, you know. <laughs> Yeah, Jacoby, I know, like, real shit, though, like, I know he happy right now, so yeah. it's like, yeah, he not with us on this episode, but he, you know. He doing always, his thing. Yeah, he doing his thing, and there's always in a time and appropriation for everything, like, yep. and it even goes to you guys out there watching with your kids, your families, brothers, sisters, cousins, mothers, aunties, uncles, and, you know, hood rats, whatever, you know, <laughs> with the scat packs in the back revving up. <laughs> <laughs> Love, love your family is what Cleve's trying to say. Love your family. <laughs> love all, no matter the background, is what I'm getting at. You know, we all need to be treated fairly. That's, you know, good or bad. Good or bad. But I digress. You know, you, you want to get mm-hmm. off into yeah. it? So, uh, historically, Lu- uh, Louisiana, which is known for being a wetter state, has an average of 771 fires per year that burn an average of 8,000 acres every year. According to the Washington Post, allegedly. 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 8,217 uh, acres. <clears throat> uh, oh. Damn, I can't just round it off, Cleve. Yeah, I can't, can't just. Man. Like, yeah, I got to be precise. Okay. No, I, I'm so happy that the sound pad and like getting the audio on the YouTube is so cool because now the listeners can hear the sound pad. Um, so where was I? Uh, this this year it has yeah. it's seen 600 wildfires in the past uh, in just one month, which was last month, right. with the uh, acreage burn surpassing tens of thousands of acres. Louisiana's largest deemed arson. Uh, Louisiana's largest wildfire was deemed arson in the $2,000. Well, they're low-balling here. Uh, $2,000 yeah. reward oh, yeah. offered for Tigerland, uh, Tiger Island Fire. The State Department of Agriculture and Forestry and the Beauregard Parish Sheriff's Office offered a cash reward of as much, not not. Not exactly $2,000, but you can possibly get $2,000 for information who set the Tiger Island fire. Over 11 days, the fire has near the Texas border has burned 31,342 acres, almost uh, 50 square miles, three times the size of Kenner. Despite 324 fire personnel responding. The fire is only about 50% contained. Uh, Named after the hunting club near where officials think the fire originated, the Tiger Island fire has triggered mandatory evacuations of Maryville and areas near the smaller communities of Junction. 
residents north of Longville has been encouraged to flee. At least 20 houses, barns, and other buildings have been damaged. The sheriff's office has said no injuries or deaths have been linked to the fire. A lingering drought and outbreak of wildfires have led to Louisiana to ban outdoor burning, including trash fires and open flame grilling. The State Department of Wildfire and Fisheries, uh, I said wildfire, the Department of Wildlife and Fisheries said the ban prohibits all private burning and has no limitations. There are currently 150 active wildfires in the state of Louisiana as of today, 9-3-23. My goodness. So, uh, one of those fires I actually witnessed like five minutes from my <laughs> one of the almost statistics took Char- almost took Charles out, man. Like, someone I knew, that, like, out of all those fires, it's like, man, it's right here in our backyard. And it's, yep. you know, it makes me think a lot about home, you know, it's like everything with trying to adjust, trying to make a difference, trying to, you know. These wildfires is like, man, there's no amount of water because, like, the water levels in the river, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but, like, oh, the water low. levels have been low. And just, like, even going some other places, it's like some lake beds have even dried up. So it's like next year. It's supposed to be just as hot next year, too. I'm thinking it was supposed to drop down next year. I think it's – I think to this year was the peak. Next year it's going to be a little hot, and then it drops. Because yeah, we'll fall out of El Nino, yeah, right? Right. And then the sun isn't, it will fall out of its inactive stage, too. Yeah, so everything will cool down dramatically. So we'll have longer seasons, like coming 2026 to 2030. You know, it's always crazy, though, when I sit back and think, like, like I know it won't happen in my lifetime or even my kid's lifetime or even, say, 10,000 years down the road but eventually the sun will go supernova you know what I'm saying like the universe like the universe we live in eventually even though it's thousands it will the sun will go supernova and then go dwarf and then turn to a black hole and suck everything that's ever existed in the Milky Way into it right right being like realistically speaking (laughs) but you know allegedly Allegedly. realistically speaking you know that's a long way down the road but like Hopefully, you know, if I could speak some hope for the audience, you know, to bring a bit of light to the topic, I would like to think that maybe we could terraform our neighboring planet into, you know, a sufficient life form. But we're going to take a quick intermission. Oh, no, no, it's fine. I was just going to grab the Joes. Oh, well, either way. um, Well, yeah, just going back into it, I was just going to say, like, um, I think that, yeah, we could terraform our neighboring planet Mars or even terraform the moon in some efforts to you know expand life but at the same time like when you think of like how these materials are created like the likeliness of an asteroid or anything like colliding with the uh, anomaly that you're trying to procure life in a substance what what emergency protocols will be in play like what things will be intact for the nature of like how these materials will either be made or moved to the site of the location that they're trying to do this experiment with. And then who's to say the amount of knowledge that they do have to be able to perform these actions could pay off in efforts with the work power that it takes and the amount of years that it takes to get there. You're youthful in the time that you go, but by the time you begin to work, 40 years on Earth time have already passed, so who's to say the vastness of space alters the time? But I digress from the topic. (laughs) Yeah, that's just for another episode. It's so funny, though. We can get deep into anything real fast. It Like, sometimes people, like, look at, like, something on one dimension and when right. i look at it i want to try to look at it at every possible angle there is to look at it even if it's like a pencil so i look at this pencil and i look at it i'm like hmm 
I wonder how they make that aluminum thing that sticks the pencil to the eraser. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And who who came <laughs> up with that? Who who had a pencil and was like, man, I I'm tired of getting up. this big eraser. I need something on my pencil for a quick thing. You know who did that? You know that's a cool little small thing that no one. It, I don't know. Yeah, that's just how my brain fun, works. Yeah, it's like a little fun fact. It's like who who decided the convenience of like to make this. Or this, like ratchet straps. Who who made ratchet straps? Oh who, yeah, like the strap down the, lows. To yeah, the back who of a, who who created that? Who was the person that was like, I got this way to secure thousands of pounds of material. I feel with like this that's system. been around for like that's been around for aeons. Yeah, but yeah, that's you been know, around it's, since the it's just a weird time. thing, right? But uh, getting into you know more modern, more traditional. What is Labor Day? Simply put, Labor Day. Sup- <clears throat> Simply put, Labor Day celebrates Americans who labor. It's a day to appreciate the economic and society impact of hardworking Americans and to reflect on the progress our country has made as a result of the American workforce. Labor Day is celebrated on the first Monday of September every year. In 2023, Labor Day falls on Monday, September 4th, which has been a national holiday since June 28th, 1894. What is the history of Labor Day, you may wonder? The decades following the American Civil War were a time of great change in the United States. <clears throat> in the second half of the 19th century, <laughs> working conditions in railroads, mines, factories, and mills were some of the worst in American history, poor ventilation, long hours, low pay, dangerous conditions, and child labor were just a few of the concerns of the working class. Just a few. Just, just a na- few. Yeah, just scratching the tip. You, you know? take you take your ass to work, and then when your kids turn six, they take their ass to work. Yeah, they go on to work with you. Y'all yeah. both got your lunchbox. Like, son, you got your lunchbox ready? It's like, yeah, Dad. It's like, all right, we going on top of this skyscraper. We about to build America today. Man, hey, that, hey it take a lot of blood and sweat to do that. And, and you can't forget the tears that's, that's connected. But, um. Uh, Oh, you know that's crazy. They used to build skyscrapers without harnesses. Without people would, harnesses, people would just fall and die all the fucking time. And nobody would ever think anything of it. They'd be like, "Oh, well, you know, it it happens. He slipped. Maybe he dropped this lunch." <laughs> it's his fault. Oh, that brings me to uh, uh, all the listeners out there. I want y'all to take time to dig into your corporations that you work for, even if you work for. Uh, said government corporations there to is, yourself respectively there is a uh, there is a thing called a peasant uh a peasant tax where an company can take an insurance policy out on their workers and so if you die while you're employed by said company they get your <laughs> salary for three years paid to them in full because you died Oh, Fortune 500 companies. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, man. Just a little tidbit of information for everybody out there. Anybody that's out there, you know, working bank, economics, financial, realty, realtor, dentistry, uh, mill, lumber, uh, gas, gasoline, uh, what else, oil, um, sulfur, uh, any minerals, ores, resources that are natural yeah just for you guys out there that's listening you guys know what's up but if i may get into you know a little bit more about later i'm day, sorry i'm no, sorry I, i'm no, it's okay no the listeners need to know you guys <laughs> what are you doing yeah it's like man it's like i gotta give more eye contact oh. to the camera because you mind if I interject one more time? Go for it. Uh, make sure y'all check out Third Coast Podcast on 5000w.thirdcoastpodcast.com on all major streaming platforms, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and check out uh, our YouTube channel, which is Third Coast Podcast, at Third Coast Podcast Productions, and like our videos. We got a whole bunch of content coming. Uh, make sure that y'all buy tickets to Vet the Void 2023 
Come out, grab some free merch, buy some Third Coast Podcast shirts, because every little contribution that y'all y'all give us back, we buy equipment. We got mic booms coming. We got a cool... Sit there. We got a real cool setup that it's going to be at FET this year. We're going to be right in the middle. We got exclusive merch. Come get you some glow stick wristbands. Get you some glow-in-the-dark Third Coast Podcast wristbands. Get you some custom-made koozies. Buy you a custom-made shirt. We make everything by hand. We got some custom-made keychains. We're going to have some yeah. custom-made cups. And it's all free. All you got to yeah, do man, is buy a ticket, support this local event, support Oakdale, and support everybody that's Honestly. making this thing happen because it's a real cool event and it's it's stretched between three yeah, days. Just buy a ticket and indulge in everything that it has to offer. You know, just prepare yourself for an experience. You know, if you're looking to expect something, just know that there's always unexpected things in terms of events and life itself. So, who knows what opportunities may lie ahead of you at these events? So. You know, even in the course of your everyday doings. You know, what's uh, cool, too, about FET is we know that everybody, you know, has work and stuff. So uh, Thursday and Friday uh, and Saturday is all part of the package deal. But say you can only get off Saturday. Well, they have a Saturday pass. You can buy a ticket to go out to FET for Saturday. And you don't, you know, have to buy the whole the whole shebang but you know you have saturday off make sure you come check us out i mean just buy a saturday oh, i pass. didn't know that so that's a new addition for yeah. the saturday pass okay and there, there's hundreds of people that make this thing uh work and and it's something that is special to oakdale because there's not music festivals that come around here and there's not real festivals really that happen in oakdale so i encourage everybody to at least try and just support you know that's the biggest thing. We got a population of 8,000 people. If 500 people buy tickets, this could be a big event. It could right. start jobs. <laughs> it could bring revenue to local businesses because it brings people out of the state, musicians out of state. It brings new minds state. and yeah. new ideas to a culture that needs to help to well, build a society. We're a hub of music here in Oakdale that no one taps into. There are so many talented musicians all over the place. And I'm excited to be in the alumni band coming up. And we got practice in two weeks. And uh, I made a video of me playing Warrior Fever in the parking lot. And it's crazy that after all these years, I can pick up that instrument. And I'm making barrel sounds. I'm loud. And it feels so good. Because when I picked up the bass, it's a struggle like it used to be. Yeah. But when I pick up that trombone. Oh, man, that's a natural knack, man. No, that, that's my thing. connected to the bass, too, as well, because it's a wind instrument. And I already got invited to go jam out, too. You know what I'm saying? So, like, that's in the works, too. So I'm real excited about just – and I already learned three scales again. And uh, I'm relearning sheet music, and it's like – I don't know. It's real fun. Just all the cool stuff that's going on. It's a lot of work, but I yeah, enjoy the, the future, podcast. I'm gonna do something for on the acoustic, and uh, oh, I'm gonna yeah. plug up the. Um, I'm gonna plug up my gear, probably this coming winter, because like I always play during the winter. It's like for some reason, it's like when it's the coldest. Like usually, people are inside. They're trying to stay warm. Not a lot of people are outside. But just like with this heat wave, you know, I'm pretty sure there's going to be people outside in the winter that enjoy some of the cool breeze that's oh, being offered. Yeah. I'm, winter's going to feel a lot different this year for a lot of people, especially me. I can't wait till I walk outside and the temperature is less than 80 degrees consistently from night and day. Because there was a couple of days back, wasn't the night temperature like almost 90 degrees or some shit it was yeah hot. it was like hot as fuck yeah, it was like 90 it was ridiculous but yeah that's uh el nino for you you know inclement weather on the rise but you know thankfully um yeah that was something else i had wanted the topic but getting into a labor movement began as a result of poor working conditions at the time it was a heyday of the industrial revolution and it was uncommon for employees to work over 80 hours a week on a regular basis. The five-day, 40-hour-a-week 
that the most Americans experience today didn't become commonplace until the 1940s. God damn. Labor conditions started to become more popular as American workers demanded better conditions, higher pay, and fewer hours. Strikes and protests such as the 1886 Haymaker Riot in Chicago, which resulted in the death of seven policemen and four civilians, made it evident that something had to be done. Take a pause right there for a second. <clears throat> Any company that is formed a union, your number one policy should not, I repeat, should not ever to be to sacrifice your right to protest a strike because that's what gives a union power over a company Yep. That is congressionally formed to subdue your conditions and regulate your 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 income and That's other benefits that are rightfully yours. So before you decide to form a chair of committee for your company, please ensure that as a union, please ensure that you keep your rights to strike. Yeah, because that's your only sword against big company. And when you give that away, you don't have nothing to fight with. And you, you it's, it's evident in, you know, certain uh, unions that are across the nation where it's a, it's a false flag. It really is. It's like, oh, we have a union. But no, you don't have a union. You have a corporate-run union. Fal false flag, mother. Yeah, you have people that support. Yeah, people support within <laughs> a company that serves the same justice that they would give to another person, to said person's ensuring that either you may or may not have a surviving chance at this company, the same way that they're on the board for recognition of judgment of their said work performance or yeah. their their. Uh, their man what's the word it's like it's, it's connected about tardiness being absent just your presence at work for the lack of better word your, your attendance yeah your attendance thank you yeah so your attendance at work it goes into the sense of like how well how how well you perform at work you know not only you need to be on time but you need to do your damn job and then whenever you're called in to say that you're not doing your job you need reputable defense to stand for your job and everything that's entitled. Everything that I've been through at my job, because I work for a union-based job, and at my job, it's only one person that I can trust to go to that can hold the rights where I can have a visual change on what I would like to expect. Yeah. Because I don't want anybody to lose their job. I just want to be treated fairly. And in the sense where most jobs are unjust to treat their employees like fair to the degree that they deserve because maybe they just have it out for them, maybe because of an insecurity or a popularity status where they're conducting their job unprofessionally to personalize their vengeance towards yeah. said co-worker. Like oh, there's yeah. a, lot of, a lot of that goes on. Like there's always like internal gossip at the workplace. There's yeah. always like some internal relationships going on with upper management and all of these things are separated. All this fucking, it's like when you get in these jobs where it's like the high, I call it like the high school drama still linger effects. Yeah. Uh, it's always crazy though. And you know, what's the, another sad part too is working jobs where <laughs> you're just, you're fucking, they're waiting for you just to fire you, you know, waiting for you to not yeah, come I to feel, work, yeah, waiting I feel for like you to that. fuck up. So, yeah, I be feeling like that. I don't know. Working in, when I worked in the nursery, that was pretty tough. Like, doing that type of labor, that was rough. But doing the labor I do now is rough at its extents for the extensive hours I have to work. But I try to take it day by day and make it, you know, it could be a lot worse. It could be. And that's in the workplace. I always find it like you just need to learn how to maneuver around. I try to be quiet and just 
like, okay, it's just Joe. He's working. He's doing something. So I stay. I don't really talk to many people or anything. So yeah, I stay be, out of it. Yeah, you got to be formless, formless, like water. Yeah. Like the famous uh, Bruce Lee, you know. Yeah, you definitely got to um, know how to move in your surroundings. You can't give too much information. It's like I, I share these things, like, like outside of the, of the Third Coast podcast and, like, on other platforms as well. It's like the way you move, not everybody needs to know, like, what it is that you're doing. Like, granted, like, you know, you have family and things connected. Like, they'll always know what you're doing. But oh, yeah. For the most part, it's like what you're sharing about business and like how you're planning on growing yourself and like sharing that with a stranger. Like I'm not like trying to diminish the value of friendship, but you know, always just entrust the information that you give to be a uh, forthright whenever you tell a person because all in regards, what you tell a person is what they can give to another person, even if they manipulate. Oh you. yeah. Yeah, it's like you could be a good person, but like they could turn around and say it's like, oh, well, he he does shit. He he sells this, and you know, it's like he's not really a legitimate person. But in reality, that calls into question. It's like, well, either this person isn't really a legitimate person, or they could be like, well, why are they talking so bad about this person? Maybe it's better I talk to this person. And then they find out it's like, oh man, you know, it's like, man, I've been working this job. I've been here this many years. I've been supporting my family. I got a house. I'm doing this. I'm looking for this on the next step. And you really have it together. And it's like, it, it defies like any stories or rumors. That's why I really don't trust anything. Like, like I take everything a person says with a grain of salt. Yeah. And that helps along the way. So it's just more positive connotations. But you want me to keep reading or you want to read about the Pullman strike? Uh, the Pullman strike of 1894. So uh, so named for the Pullman Place Car Company, which was the first effort to receive the full attention of Congress and the president. The American uh, Railway Union supported the protest by refusing to transport Pullman rail cards. This had a huge impact on the railway traffic, especially in and around Chicago, and caused shipping delays and loss of revenues in an effort to uh, to ease tensions. President Grover Cleveland signed a law passed uh, President Grover Cleveland signed a law passed by Congress establishing Labor Day, a national holiday on June 28, 1894. By this time, many states already recognized the holiday. In fact, the first unofficial Labor Day parade took place in New York City on September 5, 1882. On on this day, an uh, estimated 10,000 New York New Yorkers oh, did yeah, not New show York. up. <laughs> New Yorkers. <laughs> Hey, them boys. The Yorks. Hey, like. The Yorks. <laughs> nah, I'm going to finish before I end. <laughs> uh, the New Yorkers did not show up to work and instead marched on New York City Hall to Union Square in protest of poor work condition. Correct. Uh, can, uh, Canada also assert, uh, observes Labor Day on the first Monday of September while Japan celebrates Labor Thanksgiving on November, November 23rd. 23rd. More than 60 countries around the world celebrate a similar holiday, International Workers' Day on May 1st or May Day, according to the U.S. Department of Labor. The day uh, harkens back to a general strike in Chicago that began May 1st, 1886. (laughs) The uh, Haymarket Riot uh, followed three days later. Hey, they be doing some shit in Chicago, boy. Hey, they be, be like, turned fuck up. this. Man, they like, fuck this shit, man. We going on strike. Like, them and the New Yorkers. Like, what I was going to interject. Like, New York is grimy as shit, though. But, like, New York has, like, over 700. They have over 700 people, like, 700 diversities of countries that live yeah. within the five boroughs of New York. Like, so there's, like over 1,200 languages that are being spoken. Like, you know, some descended from different dialects, but there's, like, different dialects of, like, 
you know, your Europeans, like your Spanish, because like Spanish is uh, connected to Portuguese. Portuguese is like connected to like the Peruvian and the Colombian language dialects and all the different derivatives of Spanish, all the different derivatives of like the Greek and the Hebrew and even some of the African languages and some of the Asian languages. It's like all embellished in New York. And then you take a place like Chicago, for instance, which, you know, mostly people like know it for like the mafia shit, like with the, what's his name? Pablo Escobar, I think his name is. I thought he was the Hispanic. Well, yeah, he was Hispanic, but I mean, there was other, like, there was other uh, mobsters like Babyface and fucking. Um, was that where the Sopranos are from? Is the Sopranos a real thing? Or is that just a TV show? I think that's a TV show. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. My bad, yo. No, I think that's a TV show. But, like, like mostly Chicago. Like, Chicago is known for its industrialization and, like, the impact because of, like, its trades between, like, Canada, the use of the Great Lakes, and then its neighboring. Like, well, Chicago is a city, but Illinois is a state. But, like, just states around the Great Lakes have, like, commercial revenue for train and boat revenue. Yeah. And it's like, I want to say multi-trillion dollar industry up there. And that's why a lot of the conditions now, it's like you see a lot of different, I, I, I don't like getting into politics. So to keep it simple, the U.S. is mad because there isn't enough resources to go around. So they're trying to do some things to, you know, suffice for dollars. I'm going to just put it that way, but I digress. Yeah, it just, um, yeah, Labor Day is, um, it definitely goes into work's uh, significance and what pursues for people and workers' compensation, workers' rights, you know, the better conditions. It's, it's probably the same as how women feel nowadays because there was some proud women out there who fought for the right for women to work and then there's some women today paying for it. it's like why did y'all fight for the right for us to work but not to be insensitive to the audience like i love all our viewers but you know there's sometimes where the male feels lazy too it's like damn it why i gotta go up and get up and work it's like man you gotta get your lazy ass up that's why but motivation is for both pairs man or woman you know motivation and labor comes in separate causes Whereas a man works to provide and a woman works for care and love for the family. So however that's to be procured, if you have a team effort to go for it, then I feel like the value of it should be understood. You want to get into uh, the words of wisdom and the artists of the week? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess I'll start off with words of wisdom. I guess like the words of wisdom... Is to, um, I probably said this before, uh, be patient, endure time in this test. A lot of time, like, you know, our timing isn't connected the way that we would like for it to happen. Whereas, like, we want something to happen so soon, and then it happens later on. It's like, you know, I was hoping and I was waiting for this thing to happen, but... It didn't happen right away, but it happened right when you needed it to. So I guess uh, what I'm trying to say is, like, you know, be patient to wait the right timing because all opportunities, if you can dream it, if you can think about it, if you can feel it for yourself that you want to stop smoking, you want to lose weight, you want to gain weight, you want to better yourself, you know, anything that's in a cause for good, I believe that it can't be achieved if you apply the correct energy towards getting it accomplished and not being, um, you know, being selfish about it. Like, be selfless. That's my words of wisdom. How about you, Gator? I guess my words of wisdom will be uh, if you support somebody or you support an organization or you support an idea, always support it through the the wins and the losses because I feel like I've learned the most in my life 
through the losses. Like the the achievements don't mean shit to me. The the learning from the losses is where I learn the most. So always re- I know it's tough to lose or it's tough to fail in certain situations, but take that fail or that loss to gain something that you would have never got from a win. Right. Hey, it, it, it pays the cost to be the boss. Yep. Uh, definitely. Our artist of the week is Holt Spencer. He is a hardworking construction dude from Cleveland, Tennessee. He prides himself as a country singer slash songwriter. Splash in that he plays the harmonica, which is uh, a dope-ass instrument, which I can't play at all. But uh, Spencer brings his unique southern style into his music. And make sure that y'all check out his song, uh, Pick You Up. But for Third Coast Podcast, I'm Joe. What it do, Gators? And this your host, Cleve. What it do, gang? We out. I'm missing Miss Confidence. I'd start my sentence, you'd finish it. Now it seems you're down a little old And I played a big part, that's for sure So forget about your makeup, I'll get the door I'll pick you up, that's what a pickup's for And I'll get the game We'll drive your troubles away Gasoline's gotten high, you're left with a quarter ball. The wipers dry right and your needs change. You're figuring out if I can change your name. So forget about your makeup, I get the door, I pick you up, that's what a pickup's for. And I Spot where we park the truck when things get hot. I was calling to tell you it's up for sale. It's a 50 acre lot, it's even got a well. So forget about your makeup, I'll get the door, I'll pick you up, that's what a real man's for, and I'll get the game, we'll drive your troubles away, we'll drive your troubles away.